0: I'm Mark Walsh, and coming up on today's show.
1: Just because a company is green, they are still going to be attractive to investors because they have a solid business. Welcome to What's Working in Washington on Federal News Network and streaming as a podcast.
0: Welcome to What's Working in Washington. I'm your host, Mark Walsh. Today, we're with Patty Simonton. Patty is the director of the B Green Business at Bethesda Green. That's an innovation lab, accelerator, incubator right here in Bethesda, Maryland. That, guess what? Chasing green businesses. Patty and her colleagues are trying to find, fund, discover, and grow green companies in climate tech, blue tech, ag tech, you name it. If it's technology or sustainability or product oriented, Bethesda Green's trying to discover them and make sure they can scale and grow. Look, it's a hot area, and sometimes there's capital chasing it that isn't as greedy as venture capitalists who want a 10x return. They may have a return that's far more modest, but guess what? It's good for the planet. So here's our conversation with Patty Simonton. Patty, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you for having me, Mark.
0: So uh, I'm a huge fan, and for the record, someone else in my family is very involved uh, with you guys and a huge fan as well. With that as with that enthusiasm, I'm sure the listeners will realize that I am like, you know, just, just wearing my <laughs> Bethesda Green fan hat during our entire conversation. But one of the reasons I'm such a huge fan is I spent a lot of time in my career in innovation labs and incubators, accelerators at the Small Business Administration, which we'll touch on a little bit later. But also the focus that you guys represent, Green being such an important element of tomorrow's economy and thankfully or maybe sadly not enough in today's economy Mm -hmm. is so important and so real walk me through the genesis of bethesda green when you joined and what's what are some of the programs that you're most neither known for or proud of today
1: bethesda green was founded in 2008 by Seth Goldman and George Leventhal. So Seth, of course, was the founder of Honest Tea uh, here in the Bethesda area, I and drank one yesterday, of course so. now he's uh, he also is now the CEO of Eat the Change. So he's working on his second uh, large large uh, venture now. And George Leventhal, of course, at the time was one of the council members in in the area. So they created this organization really as a way to further efforts locally to promote sustainability, to educate residents, to help companies. Sort of move toward a sustainable economy. So, for the first ten years or so, Bethesda Green hosted a um, a co-working space and an incubator program run by uh, Bob Snyder, wonderful man. Yep. Um, he's still on our board and and still an advisor for our team. I joined the program in two thousand and eighteen after um, the organization had decided that they wanted to take the incubator in the model that it was and kind of move it into a different format. So they wanted to launch a more cohort- based accelerator program. So I came in after the first cohort, uh, and then really since then we've been expanding the program to support founders from idea stage through seed, series A through four different programs in our innovation lab. So Bethesda Green as a whole, so we have the business side of our program, and then we have our community outreach side, through which we um, through the Be Green Living we do an environmental educations program, including kind of a teen science cafe. We do um, environmental leaders where we work with local high school students to. You know, help them. You know, really connect with the the industry leaders to inspire so them.
0: Let, let, let's let's go back to education, but I just want to make sure our listeners know the, some of the lingo because mm-hmm. you know these days, um, the investment side, what what venture capital investment does. So you said in your cohort companies, you went from from seed. Well, I guess from from, from idea, from idea mm-hmm. to seed to A. That's mm-hmm. idea being let's start a company. Mm-hmm. Seed is that sort of first chunk of financing that they may get seed capital, mm-hmm. right? And then A is Series A. What are some of the dollar figures you're seeing applied to those those levels?
1: So, wow. I mean, I guess the, the Series A, we don't have – the companies that are in our portfolio now are still working toward this Series A. So Got they it. haven't achieved those levels Aspirational,
0: yet. as they say. They are
1: aspirational. And, I, you know, I say that we go as far as Series A. We may go further should the companies that want to be part of our program – you know, after they receive Series A and they start moving to a Series B, stay with us. But you know, idea stage, like you said, very early, trying to figure out. We help founders, prospective founders, shape their business. You know, we walk them through. Oftentimes, those founders are coming in; they're still raising. You know, they're raising kids, they're working other jobs, they're trying to kind of figure out how to how to launch this new business while you know, leading their lives still. And then through the accelerator some of the programs we look for full-time empl- full-time founders who are really com- you know committed to their business and have a little bit of traction but the seed levels i don't know i mean we've got companies that are raising you know 750,000 we've got some that are raising 1 to 3 million dollars we've got one that's going to be launching a 10 million dollar wow. series a this fall Um, so there's, there's a lot. Yeah. And there's a lot of ranges of the funding.
0: Well, I, the reason I ask is, you know, I think you and I have both been around the block on this a little bit, that sometimes seed can be far less ambitious than some of the numbers you mentioned. I mean, we see Mm -hmm. companies raising quote unquote seed rounds for a few hundred grand, but how do you, how do you, uh, two questions, how do you recruit companies that Mm -hmm. you want to consider to be part of the cohort? And then once they're in the cohort, like, what kind of commitment does a company make? They'll meet you once a week, once a month. What what, what does that experience sure. mean?
1: Yeah. So I guess, um, I guess because I, I, each program has its own sort of set of Labor, criteria, yeah. right? Yeah. So, you know, walking through the incubators, so our idea stage companies, we really work to meet the founders where they are. Um, generally, I'll meet with them weekly for the first month or so, get them going, build up that momentum, and then it's more of a monthly cadence with them. They have access to our mentor network. They have access to our online curriculum. They are able to sort of participate in all of the programming and the networking events that we have, and preparing them really this is
0: for the incubator. For the right? incubator, okay. really getting
1: them getting them as far as they want to get as fast as they're ready to work. Um, but if they, you know, if things have to move a little slower or they end up getting caught doing some R and D or research, well, things can take a little longer. Yeah. The accelerator, it's a um, five, really five five and a half month commitment. Um, we it's a lot more intensive. We really um, there's programming kind of throughout the period. There's we offer dedicated company mentors that we invite the founders to really work with as groups, and this is really how you know I met your wife as well, and she's a wonderful contribution to our to our mentor network.
0: Thank you for that. I she's will make sure great. she understands. She's I mention
1: her name? I should not mention. It. Please okay, do. Okay, Polly, you are a wonderful addition to our mentor team. Thank oh. you. Um, and so she you know and so she is one of really committed to working with individual companies so we do teams of three or four mentors and then we encourage the founders to look at them as though they are practicing communicating with investors right they're sharing updates they're trying to engage with them um, and by having this team of mentors we really try to say hey you know one mentor isn't going to provide everything that you need for growing your business so here we have this team of you know mastermind groups kind of working with you to, to solve some of your problems so the f- the accelerator members, then they'll go through through the program. There's a lot of work around um, investment readiness. We'll work with them to prepare for that. We work, you know, support them in their efforts for commercialization. And then through our program, in particular, we're really trying to strengthen their impact measurement and management understanding.
0: Well, we're going to get to that. Right. Actually, I'm, i once again we're talking with Patty Simonton. Patty is our guest today, and what's working in Washington? Patty is the director of the B Green Business Initiative at Bethesda Green Innovation an acceleration entity based here in, oddly, Bethesda. <laughs> so how green is green? I guess that, that's sort of, that's today's trillion-dollar question. And I'm sure it's probably changed even during your four years in the entity. Um, when 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 a company comes in, how do you decide whether they have an impact that is green or greenish? Where where sure. does that yardstick come out?
1: Yeah, so um, I would really say that the green and, and for Mission Aligned for us, sustainability is is industry agnostic in many ways right like we can have some companies that are coming in that are changing the way manufacturing or materials are made okay and if they are doing so in a way that enables it to be more sustainable perhaps they're using uh, non-toxic you know materials they're using, uh, you know, in, in the case of, of one Bamboo versus wood, Bamboo, something like that. Yeah. Or, you know, anything that's not mined or something mm-hmm. that they're they're creating a circular version of whatever product that would otherwise just be thrown into the landfill. Cool. Right, okay. so there's ways where they're thinking about the life cycle and reducing waste throughout the whole value chain of the product. So that is one approach that we use for sustainability. Another is that the, whole, the core business model is based around promoting environmental sustainability, or our other vertical, which is sustainable food systems. So this can be anything from climate tech solutions to blue tech, natural resources, I mentioned circular economy, but you can get into ag tech, right? And, you know, sustainable solutions to, to promote efficiencies in the agriculture system and distribution solutions and packaging so there's less waste and eliminating the use of plastic. There are many, many options and, and, you know, ways for sustainability to kind of, you know, be first and foremost. Have companies
0: shown up saying I'm green, and you're like, not really. Uh, and no. how do you reshape them? They they're kind of pre they're kind of sort of pre vetted.
1: Yeah, I mean, and we really want to encourage founders as a whole to to recognize that the efforts that they can take to become more sustainable, to really incorporate green initiatives in their operations, in their way of thinking, in the way they track their impact, and and communicate their impact to their stakeholders. That that. That should be a case for all founders, no matter the industry, right? So if they're kind of coming to us and they're like, you know, hey, I, you know, we're in building technologies, right? And, you know, but what they're doing is trying to improve building efficiencies, right?
0: And
1: if you're reducing energy usage in a building, that absolutely, like that that fits within it.
0: So Seth uh, Goldman, as one of your founders, Mm -hmm. uh, clearly with beverage and food, has that tilt. Have you found that a lot of your applicants are from that industry, from sort of green and sustainable uh, food and food sources?
1: We have a number of food and beverage companies in our portfolio. It's not like our 100% focus. Yeah. Um, I don't describe us as a food incubator um, yet. <laughs> you know, who knows where we'll be. Yeah. Um, but no, I mean, I think that they they acknowledge that what Seth has built, you know, it's, yes, it's food focused. And his priority is food and beverage and making the world, you know, better through Better choices in eating, right? Um, but it's not necessarily the core of who we are as as an organization, and I think it's more about the broader umbrella of sustainability and recognizing that that can fit within all kinds of industries.
0: Well, I guess one of your former board members, Jigger Shah, is mm-hmm. now a, 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 in my opinion, an extraordinarily important role in the Biden administration in energy. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure his. Participation in the past had some nice energy flavor for some of your applicants sure, as well. Absolutely. Has that sustained after his uh change, uh, change of job description?
1: Yeah, you know, and I think it was um and and you know, he moved out to the to the DOE and, and we haven't really been able to stay in touch, you know, talking business anymore yeah. for, for obvious reasons. Funny how
0: that happens. I yeah. know.
1: <laughs> it's a bit of a loss. But I gotta say, like as the years have gone on, right? So I am now recruiting for my fifth cohort, and we didn't launch the incubator. You know, so the accelerator was launched first uh, before I got there, and we didn't really launch the incubator until last year. So what we were finding is that the the companies that were coming to us, some were more early stage, and some were just trying to kind of figure out what they were going to do, and others were a little further along. And what what would happen for the first couple of years was that the the high tech, the the you know market ready, commercialization ready companies that were out there that were really ready to go. Um, we're like, I don't really necessarily want to spend a program with idea stage companies. Right. And so we didn't necessarily attract them that tier for the first couple of years. And it wasn't until we created the incubator and gave those idea stage companies a place to go where we could support them and prepare them for the later stage companies that suddenly or for for the accelerator, that suddenly we were able to say, you know, hey, we've got these high-tech companies, we're able to focus our support on them. And the support, as you can imagine, the support that the later stage companies need is is different than what Absolutely. you're thinking about when you're just trying to kind yeah. of figure out, do you want to be an LLC or a C Corp, right? Yeah. So um, that has helped. And I think as Bethesda Green has continued to make inroads in the community, as our founders have been able to show their impact and kind of just – get out there. Our name is more recognized locally. And I think that really helps with attracting the type of companies we want.
0: That's Patty Simonton. We'll be talking with her more about Bethesda Green based right here in Bethesda, Maryland on what's working in Washington. Our conversation will continue after this. on what's working in Washington. We talk to power players about innovation in the federal government and how business in the region is keeping us competitive. If you are a D.C. insider and want to know what leaders in other industries are talking about, we give you that insight. So thanks for listening. If you know someone we should be talking to on our show, let us know. We want perspectives you won't hear anywhere else. You can reach out through our website or through Twitter. Many of our guests have come to us from others who say, Hey, if your show's about people who are really getting things done in the region, you should really be talking to dot, dot, dot. And we love bringing those new voices to our audience. We look forward to hearing from you. Working in Washington, we're back with Patty Simonton. I'm your host, Mark Walsh. Patty is the director of the Be Green Business at Bethesda Green, an innovation hub, incubator, and accelerator based right here in Bethesda. Fabulous organization with a tremendous legacy and a great future. Access to capital. I guess as your cohort participants grow and expand and get their story tight and all that stuff, you launch them out like birds from the nest to try and raise money. What's your sense of the of the market today with access to capital? And clearly there's some challenges in the market. It's choppy. Uh, the equity markets are up and down and everything. Are you seeing any impact yet or do you think you will see some significant impact in challenges to access to capital and valuations for some of your cohort members?
1: There is so much going on yeah. right now for sure. You know, I think what's what's really interesting from, you know, from where I'm sitting is that some of the companies, you know, they're they're, they're still quite early, you know, but the ones that have revenue, have demonstrated revenue then they're not quite still in the R and D stage. They're they're getting a little bit more success than than ones that are kind of really looking for the funding that they need to just pre revenue, as they say, the right? Yeah, right? yeah. Um, But it is, you know, it's it's tricky. And and some of the companies, you know, they've they've done the legwork, they've made the connections, they've developed these partnerships, they've shown to corporate partners, to the investors, you know, what they're capable of doing, and they are having. Quite a bit of success in in you know locking things down. There's still the you know hesitation and some people being like, well, let me let me see how this works out you know before they commit. But um, some of the founders are choosing to raise incrementally and they're kind of just pulling in, so it's like the never ending convertible note round that just sort of keeps going. Um, And that is you know that is definitely one approach. It keeps cash coming in the door and it allows them to you know increase their valuation to prepare for for that next round, right? Um, others are kind of just like, hey, we're gonna kind of sit on this and we're gonna just, you know, be scrappy for a little bit until we can, you know, really go out and talk to investors and say this is what we're worth. Um, we've had we've had one founder just go. Um, she'll be on the um, she'll be on Unicorn Hunters shortly. Uh, I do recommend watching that episode when it comes out. The company is called Margic uh, and definitely a company to watch. Uh, in in what she's doing. What do here, they do? But, so Margic produces materials for OLEDs. So they are um, essentially replacing some of the toxic materials that would otherwise be um, you know scarce minerals. Yeah. and replacing them with naturally occurring materials cool. that are shelf stable and would sort of make the whole LED um, much more efficient. Uh, and then they're gonna actually be doing lighting um, lighting swag. <laughs> Just such a, such a neat thing. So you'll see the light up bottles and stuff. So that's where they're like starting. Fireflies. Yeah. 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 yeah.
0: Yeah. So there's an example. Now, what what are some other examples? And not specific yeah, companies please. names, but I guess sticking on funding, because mm-hmm. I think at least from the stuff that I'm doing every day, it seems like the eye popping valuations that were in existence for a while. Yeah. When people could raise money with you know a shoe shine and a handshake. Yeah. Um, those days seem to be coming to a close, and maybe that's good. But some of the challenges I guess I'm hearing from you and I'm seeing is when they go out, you know, are they using convertible debt? Are they using equity? Are they seeing their valuations uh, come under duress? Or are they becoming scrappy and saying, I'm going to keep the comp- the money I have and just spend less and hire fewer people and, and just wait to more? Uh, uh, are you seeing that compression sort of permeating your cohorts? Or do you think there's still some enthusiasm because green is so important and green uh, oriented businesses are under great demand uh, i would argue in the marketplace where's your view on that
1: well i, I would want to be clear though that just because a company is green they are still going to be attractive to investors because they have a solid business Right, you right. know they're going to make money for their investors right, right? right green doesn't mean not profitable it doesn't mean that they're not they're not going to be a good investment so i think it's you know i don't necessarily think that green companies are continuing to outshine others i think that the the challenges that the companies in our portfolio and that others in this space are solving are important and timely and they need to be addressed right and i think that not only do they need to be addressed but there is a economic benefit to addressing it that i think people are getting better at telling those stories so i think that the the companies in our portfolio they're all across the range right like some are realizing that maybe the valuation they were going for might be a little lower than they may have expected even six months ago, yeah, but their solution is so important and so capable of scaling rapidly that it's also kind of like why you know why wait? so I right?
0: of course those are it's great to hear because yeah. that you know if is a company scalable, can it succeed obviously yeah. that those are bedrock but i'm just I'm interested in sort of ESG and social impact mm-hmm. investing. Are you seeing any sort of trickle down or flavor of investors' interest in Bethesda Green or some of your yep. cohorts around the U.S. for companies that may be, you know, not a unicorn, but doing a pretty good business yeah. that can satisfy some of the demand for ESG and social impact behavior? Or am I misdescribing no,
1: that? No, I think that I think that that's definitely happening. And and what I've really been noticing is this huge rise in in I mean, maybe self referred to as impact investors but even more traditional vcs who decide that they're going to focus on things like energy or right. um, circularity or water you know and so when you're when when you're sort of narrowing your tech focus you can direct the funds to the companies that that meet those verticals right and so i don't think that it's there may be some groups out there. The investors that we tend to talk to are often mission aligned, yeah. right? They, and and the a new strategy that I've really seen that I was happy to see is you know um, you know some VCs that are saying, listen, we're not looking for the 10x return in a year or two. We understand that if you're going to build lasting infrastructural changes that will require real money and real time to develop and prove and scale that's not going to happen in 18 months. Like you can sell some software and get it out in 18 months, but you're not doing that, you know, for infrastructure. So they're looking at the 10 year timeline. They're able to communicate that to their LPs and say, this is what we're, we're buying into this. And they understand that it's going to be a little bit of handholding through that process. Yeah. Right? Like the unicorn may be there because the, the opportunity is massive. The technology is really good and, If they can get it to market quickly and efficiently, then that that really has a lot of potential.
0: Before we get to some of the great awards you are are, are enjoying and and appropriately should brag about, (laughs) what's your sense of um, mergers and acquisitions, A, and B, the government marketplace? Are you seeing some of your cohort members having real traction with government, be it state, local, or federal, as customers, or are they still more commercially oriented or both? (laughs)
1: I guess I would say that there are a number. I mean, our portfolio is 21 companies, right? Yeah. So I'm, I'm not pulling from hundreds here. Got it. You know, we do have a couple of companies that continue to do business with local jurisdictions, yeah. um, either local, state level jurisdictions. Um, we've got others that more work with, you know, local organizations, um, nonprofits, uh, you know, global NGOs, where they kind of develop relationships with them as well. Um, we have some that are retail, but most of our most of our portfolio members are B2B. And then trying to kind of fit. So I wouldn't say that there's a ton that sells specifically to the federal government at this time um, out of our current portfolio. Who knows, maybe
0: in the future. Well, let's talk about awards because you have a couple to be very proud of. One from my old uh, uh, alum group, the Small Business Administration. Tell us about that.
1: So, um, 2021, we were one of uh, 84 recipients for the small business, the SBA Growth Accelerator Fund Competition. So, you're aware of this challenge. (laughs) We were essentially recognized for our efforts to support underrepresented founders. And through this program, what we are really looking to do is, is strengthen our ability to provide support for founders trying to get access to federal funds like SBIR, STTR, uh, programming. So we are targeting, uh, for, in our case, we're targeting women STEM based founders. Uh, and we're really looking to push, you know, and support their efforts to access resources here in the area. Like the Tedco proposal lab, you know, offers it. We'll build off of i and ICAP programs. We send them to university of Maryland to, for their MIPS program to get R and D. And then we kind of just take a lot of what they're getting from a lot of these other resources and kind of saying, okay, let's, let's, Get your commercialization story. I miss all these
0: acronyms. It's so great fun. to hear them again. Now, what about Department of Energy? You got an award. Yeah,
1: there. yeah. So that was this year. So we are working in partnership with one Montgomery Green, really uh, here in Montgomery County, to support a project in Wheaton that we're calling the Wheaton Sustainable Innovation Zone, and through this. So the the project was really called the Department of Energy Inclusive Energy Innovation. A challenge say
0: that five times fast oh, I have yeah, to like,
1: I, I have to write it down right yeah. and so the goal of this is really to um, to build and sustain an innovation ecosystem for climate and energy technologies really furthering the justice 40 initiative um, you know issued by the Biden administration wow so the justice 40 initiative is to is, is sort of the federal guideline that says 40 percent of all federal funds will go toward disadvantaged communities in the right. efforts of clean energy and um, the energy technology you know output so love it congratulations um, on you. both of these We're really excited about that yeah
0: so Patty Simonton, it comes to that point in our conversation uh, where I mm-hmm. ask each of our guests if they ruled the world at the macro level uh, what is one thing you would make start happening what is one thing you would make you would cease happening
1: amazingly this uh, this came up on my social media feed yesterday so I've believe it or not had time to think about this question which is Good. I wasn't expecting um, but you know, I'm, I'm going to steal an answer that I saw in there because I really think it's awesome and I'm going to build on it. From from what I would like to see happen, I think access to energy for everyone easily. And and the guy the guy online is like essentially pulling it out of the ether, right? People can get the energy they need for free to do whatever it is they need to do with it, right? I'd like to add to that food because I think that would be pretty awesome if people don't need to fight and pay for food and they can just eat and live and do what they got to do. I think that would be fantastic.
0: Wow, that is a... M- incredible macro answer one of the one of the top <laughs> one of the top two or three great great macro answers patty and i look that's talk about aspirational energy and food whenever you want Love whenever it. you want patty simonton director of the B green uh, business at the bethesda green an incubator accelerator aimed at green businesses right here in bethesda maryland patty thanks for your time today thank you mark Thanks for listening. You know, I often find myself wondering what's great about Washington, D.C., and then I'm reminded about our business, our government, our arts, our not-for-profits, our education arenas. All are fantastic and special, not only to our nation, but really to the world. I'm glad I live here. I hope you are too, and I hope that our show continues to give you some enlightenment, some information, some actionable intelligence, and hopefully some enthusiasm about what works in Washington, D.C., so once again, thanks for listening. The team behind What's Working in Washington is a great group. The executive producer and editor is Tracy Madigan. Online content, Anna DeGraff. And that theme music you enjoy, performed by the Sunbathers.
1: You've been listening to What's Working in Washington on Federal News Network and streaming as a podcast.